King Kong is the people's candidate, but he does he couldn't bring it to the finish line. I think Godzilla would absolutely <laughs> sweep. Welcome to another episode of the Pituation Room Podcast live, coming to you on an Easter Sunday. Yes, everyone is in their petticoats and their itchy tights, and that is all Easter was to me as a child. Um, Hi, welcome everyone. I hope you guys are doing good. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for pleasant play on the podcast that you're listening to this through, um, I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. Uh, once again, here we are. It's Sunday. There's another award show going on. Am I in it? Clearly not. Uh, we have such a good show for you guys today. Uh, comedian Jamie Loftus is here. So funny, so good, so smart. Also a journalist. Also doing some excellent local reporting here in Los Angeles, as well as investigative journalist Ken Klippenstein is in the stream. House stream is in the house. Anyway, he's here. He's off Twitter. We'll see. I hope. Anyway, we'll see if he can stay focused and not tweet within the 45 minutes that he will be on this show. But we're so excited. We're going to talk about all the things. Obviously, Matt Gates. Uh, then Matt Gates. A little bit of Matt Gates, probably. Then Gatesgate. I don't know if you heard about that one. Um, we're going to talk about Trump defrauding his donors big surprise, the battle over Georgia in terms of voting rights, uh, and then Godzilla versus Kong. That's right. It's not about a battle of strength. It's about a battle of wit. It's a political battle. And we're asking, who do you want in the White House? Godzilla or Kong? Don't answer now. We're going to be asking everybody later. That's our final segment. If you guys haven't already, Subscribe and like this stream on YouTube and also on Twitch. What's up, Twitch? Hope you guys are doing well. Um, make sure you ring the little bell if you're on YouTube. That reminds you that we are live. You'll get a little reminder. Also, we have a Patreon. Yeah, you're right. I've been shopping for, yes, a, a, a misfit bra company to sponsor this show for a long time. You know, it's sort of like misfit fruit, misfit boobs. I haven't been lucky thus far. So you are our sponsors, patreon.com slash bituation room. That means so much. I'm so, 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 so thankful for everyone who's, who's given two bucks a month, five bucks a month, 10 bucks a month gets you a shout out in the fart song that I will grace you with in just a second. I want to also tell you, we, you can tip the show if you don't have Patreon. It kind of is dope and you can like follow a lot of other podcasts and I really, really recommend it. But TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-Live on Cash App um, if you don't fucks with the Patreon. But without further ado, uh, let's, let's get this Patreon party started. Thank you to Karen K, to Christina L, to Kevin O, to Emily. Thank you for the big tippers, Karen K again, Joseph R, Joseph L, and now all the Twitch subs. There's some gift subs, there's some tier ones, mostly tier ones. Computerland, WAP 2020, St. Gabe. 
Chrisom, Gatling Combo, Daleks, All Gods Have Abandoned Us. True. Uh, Stoey Chic, Grumpy Land, The Bear's Done, Den, Big Pendo, Lush, Lush on P, Brandy Lutu, Lemmy Caution 66, Aaron Gets Good, War Dog 111, Bliss, Full Terror, Just Czar, Ashes 0610, Sheila Tack, and Brim Man Gib. And also, thank you to C Missile for joining at tier three. Hell yeah. I feel like there's like three of you, maybe two at that tier three level. Thank you guys so much for being here. And also, if you've tipped the show, if you've become a patron, basically, if you've given over time, uh, 20 bucks or more, I do a special monthly AMA because um, I'm super interesting and you want to know everything about me. Um, I might have lipstick on my teeth. That's the most interesting part. No, but. Ask me your questions. We're going to do an AMA in the middle of the month. What do you want to know? Last month we talked about anti-Asian racism and China policy. It was great. I was speaking alone and to all the dope top tier contributors. Um, also, you can email bishiation at gmail.com. That's B-I-S-H-I-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com with all of your burning Ask Me Anything questions. And without further ado, you guys. Get your bitch hat on that don't ever tell anyone I said that. It's time for What Are You Bitching About? What are you bitching about? Hell yeah, glass half empty. Boo, boo, boo. Um, here's, <laughs> here's what I'm bitching about. So uh, news broke had three episodes earlier this year. The news broke is the show that I do on AJ Plus that I've been doing for many years. Um, and... Uh, I was just informed that there will be no more episodes in 2021. So patreon.com slash bituation room. No, it's, it is really sad. AJ plus has had some um, financial trouble and uh, you know, I think it's important to move on and there might be 2022 news broke episodes. Uh, but for now, this is the show. Guys, this is the, this must be the place this talking heads once said. Uh, and so I'm bitching about the fact that we don't have any more episodes because I love my team, Matt Lieb, Kate Elston, Jesse Fernandez, Pablo. What's up, Pablo, if you're out there? Uh, anywho, uh, if you haven't gotten into Newsbroke, do it, dude. It's like a really good show to binge. Um, we did a two-part series on NAFTA. Lots of corn jokes. They weren't corny. They were also corny. Corny and corn jokes. Um the other thing I'm bitching about very briefly before I bring in my guests. Uh, remember how last week we were talking about milkshake ducks and how like I was hoping that Chet Hanks, son of Tom Hanks, wouldn't be a milkshake duck. He is. He turned out to be one. Um, apparently a judge in Texas granted his ex-girlfriend a restraining order. Um, after she said that he had been physically and verbally abusive toward her. So womp, womp, fucking womp. Um, there's this really good New Yorker article about this, uh, which um, already makes me sound like an idiot. But it was a good New, York New Yorker article about this, about how like the whole white boy summer thing that he was so posing as like, this is not MAGA. Hell nah. This is about white rapper I've never heard of other white rapper <laughs> like um this woman called Chet a quote good good vibes emissary 
and the son of the closest thing that America has to a father figure. And it's basically like how she was let down and how the white boy summer was like squandered on clearly someone who's fairly problematic. And I feel that like I feel I've never dated a skater or a surfer, but I feel like that's the feeling that you would get once you're like, my God, they're just like all about love and then ditch me to hang with their friends and surf all day. Um, like, you know, like, or like are abusive or terrible or like keep talking about like shredding the gnar or what. I don't know what I'm talking about. The pow pow. That's a snowboarder. Anyway, um, RIP Chet Hanks. You were cool for like a minute and, uh, you, maybe you'll be back. I think you're funny. Live your truth. Uh, just, uh, don't hurt people. Cool. Uh, let's let's get into it. Let's bring in these guests. Uh, she is a comedian and a podcaster who hosts the Bechtel cast, My Year in Mensa, and Lolita podcast for iHeartRadio. You can find her local reporting on the LA area on Knock LA and her comedy work wherever you want. Wherever you want to find her, she is there. Please welcome Jamie Loftus. Hey, what's up? Hey, not much. So good to have you here. Yeah, I'm psyched to be here. I'm going to bring in our next guest and then we'll get into it. Uh, he is a journalist and self-described FOIA nerd whose work, whose written work can be found at The Intercept and The Nation. He was previously a senior investigative reporter for The Young Turks. Please welcome Ken Klippenstein. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> Good, Ken. <laughs> Ken, uh, making a sweat there, man. Just running through. We have a tech <laughs> test that Ken burned through. Sorry. When she said my full name, Kenneth, and I just heard my mom's voice. It's like, oh God. <laughs> Did I call you Kenneth? You were like, Kenneth, you're you're kind of close here. I just saw Kenneth? my mom's voice. <laughs> yeah. Just all caps, Kenneth. <laughs> um, so good to have you guys both here. Um, Jamie, what are you bitching about this Sunday? Um, I I think I think it's like kind of an evergreen bitching topic. But uh, I'm still I'm still concerned that more people don't talk about the Beanie Babies billionaire. Uh, that's something I think about every single day because uh, there's billionaires are I, I feel like there's so many are commonly discussed. We hear about them all the fucking time. They all have horrible po politics, obviously. But the, the Beanie Babies billionaire, Ty Warner, is never brought up, even though he has done just like such specific net harm. Uh, that it's, he owns the four seasons and he like had, there's, you can like go, he became like a hotelier off of, uh, making a billion dollars off of Beanie Babies. And he's built this entire scary empire. Um, and all he does is get sued by his ex-girlfriend, like professionally. Um, and Damn. it's something I think about all the time. And I feel like no one is, um, interested in him, even though he's like, he's, he's, he has such a specific, like Napoleon energy. He's like five, six, wears platform shoes and like capes. And um, he dresses himself like a beanie baby. Yeah, he himself is a beanie baby. He is my king. Uh, but, but, also he no, but he's a piece of so shit. Complicated. Yeah. yeah. In the general realm of billionaire pieces of shit, he might be at the lower totem pole, but you're asking that we raise that up to just yeah. focus on him his for, for his, okay i'm sorry is his first name ty or that's the company that uh both things can be true and they are yes yes <gasps> i his hate that name ty. it's gross yeah <laughs> is it, if it's tyler tyler but like saw so, i'm ty it's yeah <laughs> yeah my my like market demographic is like four to eight 
He's got such yeah. a, ugh, I can't stand the man. He like, all the things he's done is are so upsetting to me. There was like a woman who wrote every single Beanie Baby poem over the course of years and was never credited. And then he just fired her and said that he wrote all the poems. He's just so uniquely bad. First of all, uh, I just watched the SNL sketch about Beanie Babies and I had no idea there were ever poems. I think I think I had one beanie. What? I don't even know if you it was a beanie. You were there for the poetry? No. <laughs> Jamie was like, it was mostly about the poetry. Gorgeous. Then the poetry the... of our generation. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, did you collect them all? Is that Pokemon? That's Pokemon. Did you... um... <laughs> I did both. Beanie Babies, Pokemon, uh, Pogs. All, uh, do you guys remember Crazy Bones? Yes. Oh, no. Wait. I haven't thought about Crazy Bones in a while. That seemed like it didn't get as good a footing as the other ones. They were trying to get in on the uh, like uh, children's collectibles, but um, I was into it. It was like these little, I don't know what you call them. It was kind of like, um, it, it was almost like jacks or something. It was like these little plastic figurines that you would kind of toss at uh, your opponents. And some, I don't remember the rules exactly, but it was a thing. I never mm. knew how to play the games, but I like, they also had these things called Mighty Beans, which were just- I remember that, yeah, yeah. With smart, yeah, and then you would just throw, <laughs> I don't know, we would, I would just throw them at my brother. I don't know what they were. <laughs> I just put them up my nose. I think that's what you were supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> but no one Can, else made a billion dollars off of it, so. Dude, crazy, you don't know, Crazy Bones, first of all, that, <laughs> that motherfucker is like living in the shadows with- a billion. I don't know. We don't know what kind of dark money is like funneling into our political system. Um, but Ke Kenneth, what are you bitching okay. about? If not Beanie Baby billionaires, <laughs> I'm not too psyched about um, like the way Amazon's treating its workers. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's an unpopular because everyone. Uh, and this is actually something I saw on Twitter a lot. Was people were like two day shipping though? Have you thought about that? And my view is um, like I, there must be some way you can do that without. You know, having to uh, strip the humanity of the uh, thousands and thousands of workers that uh, work there and have to, um, as has been reported in the past, and you know, which I was able to substantiate further, urinate in bottles and and uh, do all sorts of crazy dehumanizing things in order to meet these insane quotas. But unfortunately, that is what uh, that is what it's doing now. Dude, so if you're, are you saying if we went into your history, internet history, you have boycotted Amazon, Ken? <laughs> or is I, there one thing that you're like, dude, I can only get the pog that I want on <laughs> the, the crazy bones. You can only find crazy bones at this point. But anyway, I, well, I do want to, we're going to talk about that later in the, in the broadcast, but yeah, it's weird that people are still making the, it's convenient argument. Yeah. As if you can't have both. I mean, the idea is, Oh no, if they don't do these things, they won't be able to hit these quotas. And it's like, well, they're already getting, you know, public, tax money and largesse in all sorts of ways. Maybe they could just spend some of that on hiring more people so they don't have to do these backbreaking um, delivery quotas. But apparently that's not, <laughs> that's not part of the discourse. It's really no. depressing how, yeah, some people seem to think that the, the idea of two-day shipping ethically is not even worth exploring. Right. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I, it's kind of how I feel about um, shopping in H&M. At some point, I was like, no more. No more because... This is a dress for $4.99. Like, 
there's a cost in here that I am not seeing. <laughs> like, unless there's like a blood stain on, you know what I mean? Like, right. like there's like yeah. money attached to the clothing that they're selling you. You're like, what's going on? That like happens every once in a while too. There's like a note in the pocket. It's those stories. Oh are terrifying. God. Yeah. Where they're like, Horrifying. please don't buy this. Well, that's what was so depressing investigating this story. I was talking to people and thinking, you know, uh, I'm sure this stuff happens. It'd been reported in the past, uh, you know, Amazon, how do you get to be a trillionaire as, uh, you know, Bezos is probably not, you know, by great means. Um, but hearing again and again from folks that this kind of stuff was standard and they were like, wait, you're surprised that we're doing this. I thought everyone knew that. And it's like, no, we, I, I had expected, you know, maybe there'd be some martial cases, but this was solidly in the sadly day-to-day -day life of a lot of uh, people that work there. Totally. Yeah. I want to talk more about that, all that. And I, and I'm excited to, to dig into all of it with you, Ken, but first we have to, we have to go into the news. This is the week where. Okay. So yes, Biden unveiled a $2 trillion infrastructure plan. A crazy man, or maybe very sane man, I don't know, drove a car into a Capitol barricade, killing yet another Capitol police officer. Um, the gut-wrenching trial of Derek Chauvin has begun, and I encourage everyone to read up on all of those stories. But we're not talking about those stories today. We're talking about my three faves. This was the week where... We realize that Matt Gates's face has been snitching on him for years and that he is, in fact, a disgusting creep. Uh, the Trumpy congressman from Florida is being investigated by the FBI for alleged sex trafficking of a minor, specifically paying for a 17 year old to cross state lines and then paying her for sex, maybe with drugs involved, which as crazy as that sounds, it's far more believable than someone his own age sleeping with him sober and for free. You know what I'm saying? Like, just put that. To Supposedly, of course, all this happened through his buddy, a former tax collector and fraudster, Joel Greenberg, who was indicted on sex trafficking charges himself. Uh, Greenberg would find women and girls online and then offer them gifts and cash in exchange for sex, sometimes with Matt Gaetz. Uh, and we know that um, because apparently some of the payments to the women happened through Apple Pay and Cash App, which like, is anyone else like sort of like, oh, okay, okay, Matt Gaetz using the... The woke money app. All right. Um, it's very funny to me. Like, no Venmo. All right. Boycotting Peter Thiel. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Draw them lines. Um, also, if just finishing off the disgustingness, Gates would show nude photos of the women to friends and colleagues. Because, again, you know, the face. Um, and former President Donald Trump has said nothing in defense of a guy who's defended him for so very long, but I'm sure as soon as his cash app request is accepted, <laughs> he'll be ready to talk. Um, guys, thus far of this week, it feels like Christmas. It is Easter with this story. What are your thoughts on Gatesgate? Uh, I think a story that like slid under the radar that I don't know why I, it like came my way, but early in the week, there was also like uh, just kind of a, a news item that he might uh, not be running for re-election in favor of like going to work at Newsmax. Like that was Matt Gates's <laughs> Monday was he was like, I'm exploring becoming a, like the, the scariest person you could think of, but less public. <laughs> and um, and then like, you know, three hours after that piece came out, you're like, oh, I guess I understand why he's exploring other options other than being in office. But he might be in jail. I don't know. He's I don't know. I just, I've never seen more of a, you know, resting uh, molester face. So. <laughs> he looks like, you know, he looks like 
he looks like the big boy franchise, the kid. It's like one of those <laughs> oh my uh, God. news articles yeah. you read where it's like, you won't believe uh, how where he is now, 30 years later. And it's like he he's in like Congress. A police and sketch, like a, a, <laughs> like a described oh. sketch come to life. Yeah. Yes. Dude, doesn't big boy get mad in one of the, is it Ghostbusters where he starts to fight uh, State Puff? Big Boy starts to move at some point, and I just remember him like, eh, like getting mad. Was that like? <laughs> it must have been like Ghostbusters or guys, help me out. It's maybe it's a Simpsons episode. There's uh, also a little bit about him that reminds me of like my my biggest fear as a kid was um, the movies with cats and dogs where it was just a real cat, and then you would see its computer manipulative mouth flapping <laughs> open and shut. And he also kind of is carrying that energy as well. Um, I, my question really is, you know, does any of it matter, right? Like Trump sort of proved that like none of it matters that like the GOP simply, no matter what the accusation will deny, 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 and then like, Hey, get a promotion, you know, <laughs> like that's sort of the way it works. So I don't know, like from like, Ken, what do you think from what you've been observing? Do you feel like there will be political consequences that he'll be left because he's not a Trump? He'll be sort of ditched? I guess it depends what you mean. I think there'll be formal consequences within Congress. You know, for example, uh, I would compare it to Marjorie Taylor Greene's case where she was stripped of her committee assignments and things like that, because not because um, there won't, you're right to, you know, uh, ask this question of, you know, is he going to get away with this insanity that you saw Trump get away with again and again? And I think with the base, he will. I, and that's very ironic because there's all of these cute people that are, you know, worried about child trafficking. It's like, well, look, you've literally got what you've been talking about and they're not going to, they'll, there will probably be some convoluted, um, you know, cosmology where uh, he was actually working undercover to expose these things or something like they'll come up with something, but on this sort of formal level, <laughs> his, uh, his chief aide, actually, I think his um, spokesperson resigned. Uh, mm. yesterday or the day before. And that, yes. that is a major bellwether because um, he had been with him for like, he had worked for him for years. So yeah. I, I think he, I think there probably will be, I think he probably will end up resigning, but, um, but you know, the, it's like one of those horror movies where it ends kind of ambiguously. And then it's kind of like, wait, is there going to be a sequel here? And then he comes back and that's what we don't know. Is what, is he going to have a TV show afterwards or, you know, right. And, the Newsmax thing, it sort of makes perfect sense. Right. Um, yeah. And they would definitely hire him. By the way, the reason his face doesn't move is because he's in Florida and everyone's been advised to get Botox. Like, I think it's mandatory if you make it above a certain income yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. No, no se mueve. Um, but <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think that's that's uh, my brain just melted. But yeah, it's it's so gross and it like keeps on going. Oh, I was going to say the Q stuff like. You're totally right. They'll be like, okay, well, he had to, he was trying to entrap other traffickers. And in order to entrap other traffickers, he had to get solicit sex from underage women. Yeah. I think, he was playing, I think he was playing to that because in his statement right after it, he, he says, um, my dad was wearing a wire to help the law enforcement catch these guys or something. And I, I mean, it's, I don't know, per, you know, I don't have people inside his office, but it's like, it really seems yeah. like he's doing a dog whistle mm -hmm. to, to that kind of crowd with, with this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, so let wrap my head around what his, because he kind of responded to some of this with this like very bizarre conspiracy answer that I couldn't fully get my head around where it like, he's like, no, actually it has everything to do with my, my daddy. Um, my I, father. 
<laughs> I, I couldn't couldn't quite get there. What the craziest part about him claiming extortion is that it doesn't change the facts of the right. case. Right. So if he's being extorted over the sex trafficking allegations, that doesn't nullify the sex trafficking allegation, right? Right. right. It's like, you're blackmailing me. This is unacceptable. It's like, wait, wait a second. Blackmailing you about what? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right, right. Oh, 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 my sex trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> so it also, it also doesn't help, obviously, that he was the only congressperson to vote against a 2017 oh. human trafficking bill. And not for, like, the right reasons. Not for, like, the, like, you know, um, legalize sex work and protect you know, workers reasons just for creep reasons. The only Congress person. Um, and then there's this tweet y'all sure you saw it, uh, back in 2019, he was still a Congress person where he says in response to, um, Bebby or Bebby, BB Rexa's tweet, <laughs> there's no age. You can't be sexy. He writes, I say we change Florida's welcome sign to this pointing. <laughs> Again, I say the Q people like right here. This is something you can take it right away. There's a lot of tweets that did not age. I mean, there's other ones with him posing in front of high school girls. Like mm -hmm. a, it's like four blonde high school girls. And he's just like, look at that. And it's kind of like at that. I mean, I, there were these allegations swirling for like a year or two now. And it was amazing to me that this stuff didn't become, um, you know, more of a thing because he wasn't very subtle about any of it. Right. Yeah, especially right. when his, his whole cause was uh, the Save the Children Q people, which is just, I don't know, so absurd. How does he know who B.B. Rexa is? That's like not a super pertinent question, but I was like, dude, I, Bebe, I had to I had to Google that. And then I was like, because initially when I saw it, I was like, ew, who is this person who said you can be sexy at any age? Because it was quote tweeted by a creep. Right. And then I was like, oh, obviously she's counting up in right. age. Right. <laughs> in ages right. away. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's counting down. <laughs> that, like, it's got to be a test, like you, showing that tweet to people. <laughs> a psychopath test. <laughs> a psychopath test. <laughs> hey, what do you make of this tweet? <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. Sometimes you're like, oh. <laughs> totally a test. Um, obviously, it's been discussed, but I do think it's important to just just bring this clip up of Matt Gates trying to rope in Tucker Carlson into his web of lies. This was so beautiful. You and I went to dinner about two years ago. Your wife was there and I brought a friend of mine. You'll remember her. And she was actually threatened by the FBI, told that if she wouldn't cop to the fact that somehow I was involved in some pay for play scheme, uh, that she could face trouble. And so uh, I do believe that there are people at the Department of Justice who are trying to smear me. I, I, I don't remember the, the woman you're speaking of or the context at all, honestly. Oh, God. They look like differently rendered versions of the same person to me. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. I feel it's like, like if you had like a stretchy app. Yeah. That's so true. It's the, mm -hmm. just the eyebrows app. We've just all done it. Just a little bit and mm -hmm. like enlarge the head. I feel like there's a subtext there where he's kind of like, you know, I know a lot of you guys do the same things, <laughs> you know, so you better, if I go down, some of you might, I mean, I, again, I'm speculating, but no, he, seems like I saw that. Oh yeah. I saw that. And I was like, oh, this is a bucket of crabs moment. This is a, like, I will claw you down to get to the top, but we're all going to be boiled and cooked and eaten anyway. And we're, you know, delicious. But, um, <laughs> 
Like it was, it's so funny to try and see him just like distance Tucker Carlson, just distance himself from Matt Gates. And it reminds me one of the only true thing that Kellyanne Conway ever said, it was like this moment of clarity where she was just like, you know, um, someone asked her like, why are you so hardworking or some bullshit? And she was like, well, cause I don't have a bunch of mistresses to upkeep. <laughs> unlike, unlike my like Jesus. you know GOP colleagues and it was like well okay <laughs> and I feel like yeah the amount of the projection and the fact that Q is sort of like the epitome the 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 the, the sort of yeah the epitome or the climb I know what's the word like the most projection the what I think you got it yeah that yeah right to me. it it's just like realize it's like the Catholic church. Like you scratch the surface. I realize it's a holy day. Uh, we're all heathens. <laughs> but yeah, but we're like not criticizing Catholics today. <laughs> yeah. Just give them one day a year. <laughs> but you know, yeah, you scratch the surface of the Republican party and it's like, yeah, I know everyone's a fucking predator. And uh, I'm, I'm like, there isn't enough popcorn in the goddamn world for me to enjoy matt gates going down like i just i hope it happens and yes we'll see if he comes back reincarnated um let's move on this was the week where we learned yet again that when you support a fraud expect to be defrauded a new york times report details how the trump campaign systematically duped donors into giving far more than they wanted to and far more than was legally allowed by using pre-checked boxes that were called money bombs one man, uh, Victor Amelino, a 78-year-old Californian, made a $990 online donation and then had his donation recur seven more times, adding up to almost $8,000. Oh, my God. Um, the campaign used a for-profit company called WinRed to process donations. It's like the red version of Act Blue or the Republican version of Act Blue, um, except it's for-profit. And it's had to make 530,000 refunds worth $64.3 million to online donors. Uh, the Trump 2020 campaign was such an online scam that like even Nigerian princes are like, that is not right. That is <laughs> wrong. <laughs> we draw the line. Um, did you, had you guys read this? Yeah. And can we believe it? Yeah, it's so yes. funny. He, he just phones it. They're not even trying. Like, come on, this is the laziest. That's what you said over the last four years. It's just like the lowest hanging fruit. Like, it, I mean, it, you see how some presidents do it and they go on to, you know, um, get these like speaking fees and the millions of dollars at all these university things. That's the like, you know, long game. But he is just like, yeah, over like this is the game that like, um, I don't know, some low end website would make where they try to uh, get you signed up for something and then charge you when you forget to turn it off. It's like so lazy, you know? <laughs> Oh my God, this is like the, uh, yeah, it's like a magazine drive or um, <laughs> like Audible for a while was charging me. And I was like, how oh, dare yeah. you? Yeah, that was the duration of my Quibi subscription from beginning to end. I just didn't realize it <laughs> until it stopped charging me. Um, and it was, I mean, the, the details of that story were, were really brutal too. Cause it was just, I mean, it was like so many working class people that were just being repeatedly extorted. Yeah, yes, I see there's a comment about wasn't someone a cancer survivor? Yeah, no, there was a cancer patient who gave like a hundred or two hundred dollars, then was gouged for it. And this is not related, but he did die. He did end up dying, that guy. Um, but I I think the 
fundamental question for me is like, you shouldn't defraud people for sure. But like, how do you not see that this man is going to defraud you? This is, he sends out surveys that are like, how do you think I'm doing? Amazing, incredible, <laughs> orgasmic, you know, and like, you can't click like amazing. It's gotta, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, are you coming? Yes, yes, or yes. <laughs> <laughs> So like, there's part of me that's just, I think the more we expose it and talk about it, but of course, like, you know, none of the right wing news outlets are ever going to talk about this. And the, and the thing is, is that, so these guys win red are still operating. They're still running the same schemes of here is a pre-selected donation form that you literally like, you know, when you go through a thing and it's like, yes, yes or no. And you just kind of like, like go through the nose. You know, it's like, do you have any firearms on you at the moment? You're like, no, you know, and all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. It's like that, except every single box is changed. Like, would you like this to recur in a week for a month? You know, like, <laughs> like no check here. Oh, uncheck if you <laughs> want it. Check. Check. To- negatives. Yeah, exactly. A check <laughs> means an uncheck. I want to maybe, yes, give us one million dollars. Click maybe. Yeah. I feel like an element. I feel like an element here is the demographics of his support, which skews um, older. Let's say, <laughs> and maybe have some confusion about how to, you know, get something to quit from online or, or uh, logging in and figuring out how to unsubscribe. Absolutely, yeah. you can be sexy at any age. You know how to work a form at any age. <laughs> oh, so predictable. Um, I want to move on to uh, our last our last news item of the week, if you weren't paying attention. This was the week where multiple corporations denounced the sweeping set of restrictive voting laws passed by Georgia Republicans after being called upon to do so by activists and black business owners. Delta Airlines CEO Ed Bastian said the bill doesn't match Delta's values. And Coca-Cola CEO James Quincy called the bill wrong. Yes, our current moral compass is a company that buys back its own stock and another that dries up the global water supply. Uh, Georgia Republicans then hit Atlanta-based Delta where it hurts by stripping them of a jet fuel tax break, a move that, like, I agree with, which gives me that icky feeling where you agree with a Republican, which I feel like needs a name, like a Shouden Shudder or something, you know, like, I don't know, <laughs> some something. We can think of a name for that feeling when you somehow agree with them. Um, you guys probably heard MLB decided to pull the All-Star Game in Atlanta. Um, Hollywood directors and even golfers are thinking about boycotting the state. Which is bringing up some interesting questions. So on the one hand, Stacey Abrams is saying, please don't boycott. Please just, quote, stay and fight is what she's saying. Representative Ilhan Omar has another take. She says that there should be a boycott. Um, She says, quote, we know boycotts have allowed for justice to be delivered in many spaces. The civil rights movement was rooted in boycotts. Apartheid ended in South Africa because of boycotts. And our hope is that this boycott will result in changing the law. So a lot to chew on. But I just want to ask, do we care and what does it matter that corporations are taking a stand on this like for parts how do you guys feel about that um i don't i mean i it's always uh strange to watch like some of the world's worst people agree on something that you fundamentally agree with um so that's uncomfortable uh (laughs) i don't like agreeing with the ceo of coca-cola on anything (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's yeah. it's a yeah. Go oh, ahead, Ken. I just remember you mentioning the water um like theft and price gouging thing. And it's like we're getting dangerously close to like James Bond villain machinations here on the part of corporations if you're just stealing water like Christ. Um, I guess, I don't know, I, it, this reminds me of Amazon where they're saying, oh, we're all about $15 an hour. And I don't know about the context around this decision, but there's often kind of, they'll try to preempt what they know will be uh, political you know, decisions that that compel them to do these things, or if right. something's really popular with the public, maybe it's a PR win for them. So sometimes they can do things that I think are not necessarily, you know, a bad thing um, for for not great reasons, maybe different reasons than ordinary people would have for supporting them. Well, it's an interesting, like, you know, neoliberal versus straight fascist, like segregationist, you know, divide. And if you have to pick one, I'm going to pick the ones that don't want to roll back the clock to the 1950s you know, um, if you have to pick a side, but it's sort of weird. It, it's like, I do think hitting people in the pocketbook is really important. You know, I think that's, and it is sort of a sign when like, you know, Trump comes out and he's like, we got a boycott major league baseball and Coca-Cola. Like, okay. The most American things ever. Like, does that give you a clue buddy that maybe you're on the wrong side of history, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's always a thing, but it's like, and I, I am super fascinated by this boycott question because, like, Stacey Abrams, you know, helped deliver Georgia in terms of the Democrats in in the Senate and helped flip it blue. And it's easy as we start to talk about Georgia as just, like, focusing on the Republicans, but it's such a divided state um, that you don't want, like, other folks to be punished for the actions of their, like, fucked up state legislature. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I, I, I don't know what her like exact reasoning is for that, but I, I do see, you know, like the short-term effects of that can, will be bad for business in Georgia and for people who um, most likely do not agree with the law that was passed will be financially impacted by it. And so it's, I mean, that's, that is like a tough pill to swallow. And I understand why people in the state would be frustrated to be like losing business of like, no, I agree with you. Where are you going? You know, but um, right. Big picture, I, I I completely understand why it would end up being effective to to do a to do a boycott. Yeah, and if it also means that you're going to stop giving corporations tax breaks, like I feel like like with yeah. the thing with Delta, I'm like, okay, that should have happened anyway. Um, <laughs> but it is it like brings up broader questions because Georgia has really been seen as like a place that. Right. Like a lot of Hollywood productions have moved there because of the lower tax or the tax breaks and the credits and things like that, which is great for business. But it's also brings up this entire like race to the bottom between states. And like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Which makes me like not on anyone's side, except for obviously the voters and people. Um, yeah, we'll see how it shakes down. Ken, any final thoughts on how this is going to play out? I mean, the all star game, you? the all star game. I feel like everything's up in the air. There's a lot we don't know is going to happen. Um, the Senate map looks, you know, unusually favorable uh, for for the Democrats, which, you know, generally in the past, they've lost votes. Um, you guys were just talking about Georgia, which historically has been, you know, a red state and that changed. So I feel like there's a lot that we don't really know what's going to happen. That's perhaps a good thing because <laughs> yeah. the, the stuff we knew and, and took for granted before, it was not good. I forgot to bring up I, and mention the the final part of this probably the worst take out of what's going on in Georgia was uh 
Governor Mike Huckabee, isn't it former Governor Mike Huckabee? Why is he still parading around with governor? Am I an idiot or isn't he former? This is like Trump with the, he's still using the presidential letterhead for his uh, tweets and his statements and things. They're never going <laughs> to let go of, they're never going to let go of that. You can't just have the eagle and get rid of the text. Like it still looks like the president. Okay. So this check away though, if he's former. That's true. Okay. I, I don't know. This is okay. I've decided to identify. Okay. This is Mike Huckabee saying I've decided to identify as Chinese. Coke will like me. Delta will agree with my quote values and I'll probably get shoes from Nike and tickets to MLB games. Ain't America great. What? I don't even understand the grievance. This is like a mishmash <laughs> of conservative Facebook memes, but like, I don't, what is he talking about? Yeah. You're going to get <laughs> plane exactly tickets for right. what? I don't get it. <laughs> That's exactly right. He uh, like, I, I had a couple responses. Yeah, there's like the anti-Asian stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's the like all what people are calling woke corporations grievances. Um, but I guess he found out about like the vast overrepresentation of Asian Americans just everywhere, right? Like right. It's Hollywood and brands, like, you know, especially like those Asians like Scarlett Johansson and Emma Stone and just the ways that they're propped up given lots of lots of space <laughs> it's clearly <laughs> racist but i don't know how <laughs> that's the question do you know what I mean? yeah i don't know like what he's trying to say here yeah I, I couldn't i i couldn't summarize that tweet of like who you know it's racist from the first three words but then <laughs> i don't know it's just you know, like you're like are some words out of order or like it just seems like it was just like he's, he's, words yeah it's like the last few dendrites in his brain are firing. Is I mean, you've seen a lot of tweets like this where don't really understand, and it's just like this, these final kind of like racist intimations or something, and it doesn't. But it's not really coherent because his brain isn't what it once was. Because he has so many tweets that don't make any sense anymore. <laughs> you know, dude, I gotta I gotta turn on my alerts for my Huckabee. Um, cause I feel he's like also it, making fun of like pronouns and yeah, it was just a, like, there's so many, he's like, it was a stew. <laughs> it was a stew. I mean, he just throwing ingredients in there from all these things he's angry about. I choose to identify as Chinese and that, yeah, what? There was like some little Nas X stuff like Nike. Right. No one even talking about <laughs> Nike. Oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> that little Nas X and then you can there. take my blood and put it in the shoes and it'll be identified as Chinese. Oh, just God, please. <laughs> stick to one <laughs> shrill talking point at a time <laughs> I, I I think it's it all speaks to the oppression desire like just the desire right wingers have to like oh please all I have to do is get oppressed and then I'll have everything see how that works what what do you you know and, and people perpetuate this all of the fucking time Let's move along. I want to talk all about Amazon. Ken, you break it down for us. This is The Sitch. <music> Kenneth Klippenstein, um, you... <laughs> so you've been doing a lot of uh, research and work and have been um, a, a tip line for Amazon workers, essentially, um, and documenting the ways that Amazon's been, like, fucking up this moment where it's trying to go on the offense from the union drive it's got going on in Alabama in a warehouse. And we've covered on the show that they've been, you know, super catty on 
on uh, on Twitter and like trying to clap back in a really sad way to Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and Mark Pocan. And one of those things was them denying that any of their workers ever urinated in bottles or defecated in trucks in order to like make their deliveries on time. And just recently, they issued an apology specifically to Representative Mark Pocan for denying the claims that this was going on. Were you expecting them to do that? No, not at all. I mean, uh, <laughs> this, you know, this over a trillion dollar company behaves and acts. And I think what these tweets show is they just can do whatever they want and they can restructure reality because they have so much money in the political system in terms of lobbying and things that they can get away with. I mean, they're above the law in all sorts of different ways. Um, but, you know, the, really the genesis of all of this was uh, their response to Mark Pocan, where he was saying, you know, treat your workers with respect, this kind of thing. And they said, you don't really believe the urinating in bottles story, do you? Because he had brought that up as, you know, one of the ways that they don't respect their workers. And that's what really got under not just people online skin, but a lot of my sources, um, as much as I'd like to act like, you know, I'm some sort of Bob Woodward out there, you know, shaking down all these trees and getting all this stuff. It wasn't that hard because people were really angry about it. And they're like, they're just lying, you know, uh, in a bald faced manner to, you know, millions of people, it clearly happens. And, you know, as we'll discuss in a few minutes here, it happened to an extent that I had no idea. And so they really, in their apology, they actually called it an own goal, which is funny because that's what I had been calling it. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a very apt description, but you know, what's funny. Wait, is wait, 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 hang on. They lifted your language <laughs> and used that in their apology? Surprise, a, a trillionaire um, uh, steals things from people and, and, and appropriates them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked to see that. But yeah, they did. They call it an own goal. What's funny is in the apology, it was kind of a it was kind of a half-hearted one because at the end they say yes, uh, employees urinate in bottles. However, there's also other businesses that do that, so we're not alone there. They're like, did and, you see that episode of Thirty Rock where the guy pissed in the bottle? It's like that. You loved that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing Everyone loves Thirty Rock, right? right. It was it's uh, an American I mean, pastime. You do love America, right? <laughs> right up there with hot dogs. It's so bizarre to me that this did this seemed to start as like they kind of Streisand affected themselves um, at like the highest possible level by just calling attention to something that employees knew were true and I guess assumed that is that's really interesting to me that employees assumed that the general public knew that they were pissing in bottles that's the most yeah. interesting one of the most interesting features of reporting anything is guys will tell you things they'll be like wait you guys didn't know that this happens in every I cover national security stuff I've covered you know this one is more labor I've covered finance and again and again they'll just drop something like that be like Oh yeah. Um, in, in the story was a memo where it said, um, stop your name balls. And actually people were defecating the bags just to meet these, you know, uh, brutal quotas that they had to meet. And there was a letter saying, this is the third time we found poop in bags and you guys need to stop that. So this is way beyond the sort of marginal thing that I would guess, you know, myself and probably a lot of other folks thought, uh, this was just from reading the past reports. Oh, okay. This happens. This must be a particularly bad facility. No, this is solidly within the norm for a lot of these places. And when I talked to folks about it, they were, they laughed. One of them was like, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not urinating in a bottle to save time so I can make my quotas. And I was like, wait, every day? He's like, yeah, I thought, I thought everyone knew that about this, about this job. And so um, yeah, they, they put it on the application, like, and <laughs> guess what if, you get to do. Hmm? It's you a failure of reporting. They don't do, people don't talk to the workers. If you do the, the model for a lot of reporting, not all of it, but a lot of it is you go and you talk to the leadership, you talk to the commons people, you talk to, 
And even if they're telling you the truth, they may not have, they might have no idea about any of this. I mean, we know that in this particular case they did because we had the I got these internal memos showing that management was aware of it and you know talking to employees, kind of winking at them like, "Don't let us know you're doing it," that kind of thing. Um, but the the disjunct between um, the people at the rank and file and the guys that are at a management level is huge. Yeah, that's a really good point about reporting on any about on corporations generally. You know, is like. Talk to the workers, see how they're treated. That'll give you a clue as to whether they're practicing what they preach at all, no matter who tells you what from up on high. I'm really curious, and I know you can't reveal like sources, but Ken, can you give us a sense of like how many people have reached out to you who work or have worked at Amazon? My phone was literally, and it is still unusable <laughs> to a lesser extent because I just got so many messages from people, uh, voicemails, text messages, emails, signal messages, um, and it, uniformly, I mean, <laughs> the, these corporations spend literally billions of dollars in sophisticated software and monitoring things to make sure that things don't leak. They don't want proprietary things to leak or negative things to leak. And, you know, if I was to advise them, there'd probably be a good grip for me in here somewhere. I could go give talks to corporations. I just say, treat your employees with respect. That's the best thing you can do to prevent leaks from happening. And what <laughs> yeah. we saw, what we saw here is the opposite of that is a, is a spurned, you know, workforce that, um, I mean, I cannot tell you in most stories you do, you get a range of opinions where it's kind of like, eh, it's mostly good. Maybe there's a few complaints or it's like, I hate this place, you know, a, right. a, just a range of different attitudes with this. It was almost uniform at the corporate level. There was, um, everyone was dissatisfied that I talked to, but it was, it was a little more, there were ones that were kind of like, you know, I'd like to see improvements, that kind of thing. But at the worker level and the um, warehouses and the drivers uniform, they were all really upset about the conditions. And you very rarely, at least in my experience, you rarely see that kind of thing. I think that's really interesting also when it comes to reporting, because I haven't seen this story on that many mainstream outlets. Granted, I've been, I haven't, you know, I don't watch CNN constantly or MSNBC, but like you, I feel like there is such a, um, an elitism around speaking to workers and especially whistleblowers or anyone who's not supposed to talk on behalf you know, or, or about their experience. I don't know. Have you noticed like a lot of mainstream coverage, Ken, or are you, or are you shocked by like the lack of that as well? No, you're right. There's definitely a favoritism. Um, in this case, they weren't really able to ignore it because the way I've seen the internet works is if there's just an overwhelming amount of attention on things and it just goes so viral, it looks bad. I know people in these institutions, they're not, um, they're not um, monolithic. And I'm not saying that you were yeah. suggesting that, but um, the Times ma senior management is different in nature, just like we were talking about than the rank and file. And so the yeah. rank and file, they'll tell you things and kind of talk to you about how it goes. And a lot of them are sort of often frustrated at the nature of the coverage. And what they'll tell you is, yeah, if it becomes big enough and everyone's screaming about it, that the management is under pressure and they're like, oh God, we look really out of touch if we don't at least do something on this. So they're right. uh, after the initial wave of kind of, you know, outrage on the part of the public, because so many folks are talking about this, then they started to cover it, but only after that, not of their own, not of their own accord. And as you say, their model generally is talk to senior leadership, talk to, but that's what's so interesting about this is that I'll, I'll let you guys in on, <laughs> I had people in the comms department that were actually pretty high up. And when you see dissension at that level, um, one of my stories was about how they didn't actually get formal authorization for these tweets. They went around the comms people and I don't know who it was. Vox reported that this was Jeff Bezos himself. That would be consistent with what I was told, which was that it was someone in senior leadership that just unilaterally rammed these statements through because everyone in comms thought it was insane. Everybody was not even from a moral perspective, but just, this is nuts guys. This is setting back our 
public image years and years to be saying this these kind is, of things. Right. This is all that cattiness on Twitter. And then what did you find out about that whole strategy? Like what, why were they doing that? Cause it really did seem totally bonkers and like missing the mark. Yeah. So um, what's funny about this is it parallels in a lot of ways, the strategy that they had conceived of for uh, what are called Amazon ambassadors, which is like this army of Twitter. They're not bots. They're all actually um, formal employees who you know work for the company, but they're uh, instructed to um, kind of do these sassy clapbacks at different people. And if you look at the language of these re replies to Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Mark Pocan, they all fit um, th th how these Twitter ambassadors were trained to respond to things. So this is a project going back. It didn't start now. I was um, leaked a document uh, that was, it's really funny. It's marked Amazon Confidential. And uh, I cover national security a lot. And it reminded me sort of the intelligence community because they compartmented this program. They had a code name for it, which is something you do when you want to keep something secret. I'd never seen this in the corporate. I'm sure this exists in the corporate world, but it was funny that they had it for this program that, um, it doesn't seem that, I mean, it is ridiculous, but it doesn't exactly seem like Watergate. It, it's more like, you know, a stand, kind of silly PR idea. And the, and the notion here, the, the code name was Veritas. And the idea for that code name was they're telling the truth about the company because they work here and they're going to correct the record on all these horrible slanders. And the way they describe the media, it's almost Trumpian how they're uh, talking about it. I mean, I have my problems with the media. I think it's imperfect and so on and so forth. But um, the idea here was, you know, they're just slandering us with all these terrible lies and here's how you're going to respond. And you want to be, they, they, they handpicked people who they thought were funny and going to have these kind of epic dunks that they're going to, and they were instructed to do this against policymakers too. And that's what we saw happen this week. So I have a feeling uh, that I think that the document strongly suggests that this had been a program that had been in place. Um, the document was dated 2018. Um, so this is something they've been spending some time thinking about. And right. I think we saw the culmination of that uh, this past month. Right. God, I, 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 I was really curious uh, as I was going through your, your first piece of, because it's like such a vast company, um, how, like, is it conceivable that like these, I mean, these people who like God knows where they are when they're like dunking professionally, um, is it possible that they, they, I mean, how would they know what the reality of the workers is, you know, like, the idea was they were going to source them from the uh, fulfillment centers. And um, there's repeated reference to uh, Senator Sanders, his push for 15, all that stuff, and the urinating bottles and things. So this was clearly on their mind at the highest levels because they're discussing how to tell them to respond to these kind of things. So the idea was they're going to source these guys from the fulfillment centers and then um, have them say these things. And then they can say, I actually work there. So there, and I never saw it. So um, how are you going to tell me that it doesn't happen? Because someone who's paid to, you know, interface with the public is saying that it doesn't happen. And it's very interesting because in the internal discussion in those documents, they're saying, you know, we might want to pick people who haven't been here very long, who have been there. Sure. So we can say that they were there, but are new enough that they tend to be, they actually said, we conducted a pilot study. We found that people that haven't been here very long tend to be more enthusiastic and believe in the cause. It's <laughs> they, they still enjoy the novelty of pissing in bottles. You know, get those people. <laughs> they still think it's individual actors just uh, <laughs> expressing right. themselves yeah, right. in the workplace. God. So an enormous so, amount of thought put into this. It may not have been, yeah. even if it was rammed through comms, it may not have just been some guy's crazy idea that morning. It, it may have been part of something bigger. Ken, all this to me feels like Amazon is scared and also full of idiots. I mean, not not the workers. I'm not saying that, obviously, and not the great people, your sources, but sources. But like, what the fuck? This is your strategy. 
to like combat like a lot of sympathy going to this union drive over in Alabama. Do you feel like they're scared? You're 100% right. They're terrified. And this kind of um, own goal, the, all these faux pas, this isn't coming out of a vacuum. Um, this is a company that has been very successful airbrushing its reputation such that people sort of think of them as the, you know, it's the two-day company that's like got Jay Carney, uh, the former Obama spokesperson. How bad could they be? And now they start doing these things. This doesn't happen unless they're nervous and they're sweating. They don't know what they're going to do. And that's the impression I got from people at the, you know, mid to higher levels of the company was they are so worried about what's happening in Alabama, not just that one facility, but what that could mean for the region for, uh, you know, a, a, a facility in the deep South that's been in, in recent history, pretty hostile labor unions. Um, they wouldn't be freaking out with these overreactions if it, if it wasn't something they thought um, could catch on. Let's send in our snarkiest wannabe standups. Um <laughs> We definitely could use the money. I'm sure they're employing comics because we need, we need, we do need the gig. Um, mm. It's great. It reminds me also of like a Facebook, like where it's like, again, you scratch the surface and you're like, oh, your multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar company has no PR. There's no one inside. It's just like, you know, like just uh, like tumbleweed full of cash. That's all that is there. And under the hood, there is no strategy to talk about or like even present a cogent and responsive um thoughtful like yeah reply to what's going on and to the reality at their facilities um and to their workers they're just like oh you've just been making shit tons of money and this is the thing with bezos i remember in the hearing pretty recently where he was like yeah i think there's a league i guess there are illegal things that are sold through Amazon, and I don't have. There've been a few eyeballs. Okay, there's maybe some human hair. Like you know what I mean? There's just so much that they don't know about their own enterprise, and they're so poorly equipped to deal with all of the problems. Yeah, you see this. I think in again, I've talked about form. I've talked about how I do a lot of national security reporting. It reminded me of um, the tendency where the propaganda that states disseminate um, at the corporate level ends up coming back and they end up kind of getting high on their own supply and believing their own bullshit that they're right. going around telling people about their company. And they actually end up believing, yeah, we're actually out there to just help everyone. And with this, you, you notice these, these market free market people tend to, they love to have it both ways. They're like, everyone is just pursuing their self-interest and there's the profit motive. There's no morality to any of this, but also I actually really care too. They love to have it both ways, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what you see. Um, that's the impression I get from the folks at the top. They're just profoundly out of step and out of touch with reality. I'm a cuddly gajillionaire. Right. <laughs> That's me. just Ty Warner. He's literally the only <laughs> actual cuddly gajillionaire. Has he replaced his eyes with like those creepy, like, you know, giant sparkly eyes oh, at the, the big, beanie? Like, the, the you know, those guys? Use the correct nomenclature. Yeah, the beanie <laughs> eyes. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Ken, um, I, I want to ask you, God, if we have time for this, just one last thing, because you have a recent article um, about a really serious case of sexual assault, multiple sexual assaults of a, a young soldier at a, a base in Oklahoma. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you know, what's been happening and what where is does this story stand and the case stand right now? Yeah. So um, what's particularly shocking about this is that the uh, allegation described to me from a person in the defense department that I've known for some time. Um, he told me that um, the, 
the report alleged that there were 22 um, fellow service members who who assaulted this woman, which is just I don't even have words for it. That's wow. so insane. And uh, you know, I when I and I have more confirmation on that than I was able to include in the article. Um, but uh, a lot of people they didn't want to believe it. I guess I didn't want to believe it. It is really depressing. Um, but you know, subsequent to that uh, story, Army Times published one saying that it was over 20. And so um, clearly there is a massive scandal going on, uh, not just at that base, but I mean, if something like that could, again, you know, my work, I traffic in leaks and getting people to tell me things. Something I, something you notice pretty quickly is once more than two or three people know something, it, you know, you've got a pretty good chance of it's coming out. If 22 mm. people were doing this and that's what it took until it came out, that means there is some, you know, real rot down to the core of, you know, how this, how this institution is being managed. Um, yes. And so I think this will be continue to be a huge story for the defense department and for the, I mean, we have plenty of data on sexual assault. It's out of control. And it's just like, uh, this is just a particularly stark illustration of that tendency, I think. Absolutely. I, I read, I think in your article calls it, or someone called it a Fort Hood 2.0, I believe referencing last year's killing of Vanessa Guillen, who was a young soldier also who was sexually assaulted or harassed and then eventually killed by a fellow uh, soldier, um, which is insane. And there was an entire like report about that, a report about Fort Hood. And I think someone from the Defense Department said, oh, this is going to change everything. Hmm. Looks like it hasn't changed that much. Um, 20,000 instances of unwanted sexual contact in 2018. This is in the military. Up 38% from 2016. And the uptick was almost driven entirely by an increase in assaults on women in uniform. And that's just like what was reported, right? Like, that's right. so you have to imagine that's actually much larger. Right. This is exactly like the Amazon case. When I talk to people, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, like this. It was the folks in the armed forces that weren't surprised by it. They seem significantly less surprised by it than than the general public was. Yeah. And, you know, that's exactly what they tell you. It's kind of like, oh, this is the tip of the iceberg. Like if something happened to me, I wouldn't tell anybody. That's the end of my career. They have so much power over you. Um, yeah. You know, chain of command. That is an creates a lot of opportunity for abuse and things like that. This kind of top down structure. Dude, abolish it all. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm just like fucking defund that shit. Like the, like the BLM movement has got our brains ticking and thinking finally about actually defunding these militarized organizations. What about the military itself? Like, no, you can't be responsible. You are a, yeah, a serial like sexual assault system like that's all it is it's it's endemic to the point where like what you're saying they're not even surprised by it which basically means to women and anyone really suck it up just do it like it's that's what it is when you're in the military that's what happens which is terrifying i i think there was a quote about someone who said they felt more safe in afghanistan than they did uh in a base in the united states so anyway, thank you for that reporting and, and we're going to continue to follow it. Uh, we'll put the link in, in, the, in all the descriptions so you guys can read up on what's going on. Um, but we have one more segment to lift our spirits out of this dark place. Um, we're talking about Godzilla versus Kong because, of course, why not? But we want to know not just who was going to win. I don't want spoilers from the movie that I will never see. But we want to know 
who would win in an election? 2024, Biden's out. Let's do it. Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> I don't know what year he's gonna, they're going to run, but I like to imagine Godzilla versus Kong. Who would you pick? And what's their platform? Like, what is part of their platform, their slogan, something that, like, is going to, like, attract you to their campaign? Um, anyone want to go first? Anyone have a... First of all, we know the lizard, lizard, ape, lizard got, uh, gorilla. Godzilla. Lizard is Godzilla. Okay. Giant gorilla. Huge. Varies mm-hmm. in size depending on what movie. Sometimes it's like 40 feet. Other times it's like, you know, 300 feet. Mm-hmm. Very different. Very weird. Ken? I gotta say, my, my gut goes with, uh, uh, what was the what was the ape? Uh, King Kong, yeah. And I don't know if this is species chauvinism, but I'm thinking if we have a warm-blooded creature, maybe more sympathy for climate change stuff. If you've got a lizard, he's going to want it to be hot. He's going to want it to be sunny, you know? Or are we going to – I don't see any incentive there for him to support what we need to get done here to protect the climate. I love I love that. That's so true. Yeah. Oh, so warm-blooded speciesist. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. this. Opposable thumb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I don't know. I just – yeah, if you got a lit, like, what it, it, there's not going to be, maybe there's going to be a moment of empathy there. It's like another kind of haired ape creature that they looks at us and. Don't eat us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like King Kong is the people's candidate, but he does he couldn't bring it to the finish line. I think Godzilla would absolutely <laughs> sweep. He's got a, you know, he's got a big old ass. He's got like a fun aesthetic. He's got a big old ass and a, and a really small head. Uh, people would have fun with him. And, and uh, speaking to the, the climate change issue, um, I think, yeah, like King Kong could win the people over, but in terms of like, you know, who are the, who are the gigantic companies going to go with? They're going to go with, uh, Godzilla who, who couldn't give a shit either way. Uh, I love that. Um, I think you might be right. Godzilla has a lot of Trumpian qualities, small hands, you know. Um, Tiny, oh, yeah, little dinosaur hands. Lizard, little di- dinosaur. What is he? Oh, yeah, lizard brain. He's a giant lizard. Okay. And Doesn't he live? He lives underwater, right? And he comes out every once in a while, if I remember right. <gasps> I've seen that in the trailer. Yeah. He's, we're clearly very qualified to be making this call. <laughs> this is cryptozo- I'm all about cryptozoology. So just ask me <laughs> anything you want to know. <laughs> I should have probably consulted you guys on whether you wanted to do this segment or not. Um, and I don't know anything about these people either, but I do know these monsters, excuse me. But I do know that Godzilla is born of a nuclear meltdown and ergo i think he'd be really pro nuclear power which might seem like a good idea but of course prone to meltdowns and like terrible accidents like he's got like a heat laser uh or he can like breathe he's got fire mouth right got fire mouth he's got fire nuclear so the guy's gonna be like super nuclear everything's gotta be nuclear which i'm not down with i think king kong for the reasons uh that ken already mentioned um, he, uh, he's like, also seems really high energy, you know, like very, like very chest thumping. Conv- yeah. 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 <laughs> like, you know, very convinced of his like guttural cries. Good rallies. Good rallies yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Very much a people's candidate. Um, I think the, the, the climate platform would be, uh, the green new peel. <laughs> who's the, who's the, so like, 
Who's a potential like Jill Stein in this situation? Who could really split the? <laughs> it vote? would be. He would just end up carrying her up the tower that I think he, he climbs <laughs> the building. So that would be the end of that. Yeah, he just eats her. I mean, the predator. Predator might be a solid Jill Stein. Like, oh, there you go. Um, or alien, alien and predator. How do the alien and predator and Godzilla and uh, King Kong worlds collide? Is that like another like Avengers? They come together and they're like superheroes. Everyone hates me in the comments, and I welcome your hate. So upset. I'm this so kind of I, upset it that seems I like, like something love. <laughs> no, I think it seems like it'll happen. It appears that we're only allowed to have like six franchises now, and how many more of them do, are there? So yeah, that'll probably happen eventually. I think King Kong would be a real neoliberal cuck. <laughs> That's just an inflammatory take. <laughs> Oh my god. Good for Gabby on uh, Twitch says Kong is all toxic masculinity. That's so true. <laughs> exactly. Picking ladies up off the ground. But like also, do you want a lizard brain? Like another lizard brain president? <laughs> Guys, he goes with his gut. He goes with his gut. That's good. It's instinct. That's it means true. he's, you know, has fidelity okay. to his in before we leave, let's do a little one-two, Twitch and YouTube. One for Godzilla, two for Kong. Who would you rather have ring in 2024 if something happens? You know, Trump and Biden can no longer run. Matt Gates is going to be with uh, Newsmax. Tucker Carlson. Okay, I'm quickly checking out the ones. All right. Looks pretty even. We got some strong Godzilla support. Nah. Guys, remember, this is not about who you think is more attractive. It's about who you think would govern better. <laughs> yeah, is everyone just voting? <laughs> so look past, look past this. Actually, look past the countenance. They think about the policy. <laughs> they try to think about the policy. <laughs> but also think about uh, Godzilla's great big butt. <laughs> His thick, yeah, thick Godzilla. <laughs> Jamie's really trying to sell us on the big ass. Uh, Godzilla thick AF. <laughs> okay, Godzilla one and two. Thick, that's the argument. <laughs> Godzilla thick. All right, guys. I don't know how to tally, but I'm going to say it's an even split. They're going to have to co-govern. It's going to be a power sharing agreement. Um, the the filibuster won't be abolished, so they'll have to, you know, sit there and spit fire for 48 hours. Okay. Uh, Ken Klippenstein, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find your work? Um, I'm on Twitter. And if you have any tips, uh, my signal number is there for text messages. Hell yeah. Um I can read it out because I just I just shriek texted you. <laughs> How do you handle all this? <laughs> it's 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 annoying, but it's the best way. This is the only way you talk to actual people. You know, if you filter everything out, then you don't hear from the rank and file that we were talking about before. Oh, but, I love um, to filter out rank and file on Twitter. I kid. Um, 202-510-1268. 202-510-1268. Give Ken his next story, please. Please give him his Do next that. story. <laughs> uh, be so well. Take good care, Ken. Thank you so much for being here. And Jamie Loftus, where can people find you? Uh, you can't have my phone number, but <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter where all of my comments are uh, filtered heavily. Um, see if you get through. <laughs> it's at Jamie Loftus Help. And uh, you can listen to uh, the Bechdel cast every week on iHeartRadio, amongst other things. I'm I'm all over the place. Yes, and the Lolita podcast. Um, mm -hmm. 
with the Bechdel cast, I know that you dissected uh, a promising young woman and I can't wait to listen because I just watched it and I was about to bitch about that was going to be my opening. What are you bitching about? Um, you guys, if you're listening as a podcast, you can listen and watch this show live so every single Sunday, 5, 8 Eastern. We welcome you and your wrath to the comment section because motherfuckers are killing it up in there uh, and building a bigger Frantifa joining together under the rainbow flag that is the Frantifa with like a skull on it. I don't know. We haven't we haven't developed a flag yet, but we will develop a flag. And I just want to uh, shout out, obviously, uh, the people behind the podcast, Becca Roofer, Kelly Carey, Ellie Hoffman and Dorsey Shaw. And this is only possible thanks to you. And we do bonus episodes and you can get early access to those bonus episodes. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. Please become a patron. It is awesome. I can like be more in touch with you guys, let you know when all the content comes out. We're working on merch at some point. Um, and remember, send me those questions for the AMA. Uh, and also remember that things could be worse, you know? Like Peter Navarro could still be in the White House. Fauci's the father of the actual virus. Fauci's the guy. This virus... According to Bob Redfield at the Centers for Disease Control, came from the Wuhan lab. He allowed the Chinese Communist Party, the People's Liberation Army, to genetically engineer a virus using gain of function. I call it the Fauci virus. Well, Peter, we're still trying to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> I call it. I've been stuck in my garage for a week. I might have carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, that is where I'm green screening in from. Oh, God. So happy that fool is out of the White House. Guys, remember to fuck the patriarchy, fight the power, and don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Later.